Welcome to the Real Life English Podcast, where we help dedicated English learners just like you cultivate the courage, the confidence, and the skills that you need to understand real life native English, to communicate clearly with people from all around the world, and to make your life an epic global adventure. Now, are you ready to go beyond the classroom and start living your English? Can I get an aw, yeah? So when asked how we are, we often get lazy and we use the same old replies such as I'm fine, I'm good, or I'm great. But there are so many more great ways to describe how you're feeling to be more specific about your emotions. It's a great opportunity to expand your vocabulary and learn a range of words to describe your emotions, thinking about them on a scale from low intensity to high intensity. And don't forget to learn more. We have an exclusive bonus lesson for you over on our Instagram at reallife.english. So make sure you check that out as soon as you finish listening to this podcast. boys and girls, citizens of the world, this is Ethan from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, natural, convenient, and thrilling way to learn English. So download this podcast and listen to it while you're stuck in traffic, roller skating, boogie boarding, or even dancing to Pharrell Williams songs. Oh yeah, I'm joined here in the virtual Barcelona studio, as always, by the lovely Andrea. How's it going, Andrea? I'm doing pretty good. I'm not melting at the moment as um, we've just been discussing <laughs> the heat in Barcelona at the moment. Time to use the air conditioning. So hot. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. We're both here sweating, but we're, we're doing it so that we can bring you guys another great lesson. We're willing to do the sacrifice. <laughs> so that said, we're going to roll into a shout out to a very special listener and app user out there. So today's shout out comes from Pauzom Lamo. I'm sorry if I've pronounced that incorrectly. And they say, this app is one of the most amazing apps. Literally, I'm enjoying every bit of it. Thank you so much for giving me such a platform to learn English beyond the classroom. Certainly, I will take full advantage to improve my English. I really appreciate the efforts you guys are putting into this. Thank you so much. Fantastic. And I'm glad that Pozom is getting a lot out of the app so far. So we highly recommend that you also download the app if you have not yet. You just have to go to the Google Play Store or Apple App Store and search for Real Life English or click the link in the description of this podcast. And the great thing is because you can find this podcast, this episode, along with so many more with a full transcript and vocabulary so that you don't miss a single thing. And if you leave us a five-star review in the App Store of your choice, then we might shout you out just like we have with Pauzom today. So that said, we have a special treat for you all before we get into today's main topic that's hopefully going to put a smile on your face. We have a joke of the day. Ooh, I'm excited. <laughs> all right. So Andrea, what's the difference between a cat and a complex sentence? Ooh, that's a weird one. What could the answer be? I have no idea. What's the difference between a cat and a complex sentence? So a cat has claws at the end of its paws, but a complex sentence has a pause at the end of its claws. Oh, 
interesting. So this is all about punctuation, grammar. It's quite a cool way to remember some of these rules, right? <laughs> right. So what are claws, first of all, like a cat's claws? So it's kind of like the nails that they have at the end of their paws, like their feet and their hands, like you would say. Yeah, if you've ever gotten a scratch from a cat's claws, you know that it's very painful. It can be very painful. And paws are like the feet of an animal, right? We don't say feet, we say paws. Like a dog has paws, a cat has paws. Exactly. But what you have to understand here is there's a play on words, right? So claws and paws can also be different things. So what is the pause in the case of a sentence, Andrea? So when you pause, you like take a break or a moment from something. And what's a clause when we talk about grammar? So a clause is like a part of a sentence. So for example, a complex sentence has two clauses. It has the main clause, which makes sense on its own. And then it has like the extension, like the piece of the sentence that gives you added information. But if you were to take it out and read it on its own, it wouldn't make sense on its own. So an example of a complex sentence is, although she was feeling sad, Andrea went to the party. Right. So you could say Andrea went to the party and it makes perfect sense by itself, but you couldn't say, although she was feeling sad, because that's like, although what, what's the explanation there, right? Exactly. Like there's a part of the sentence missing. So it doesn't make sense on its own. That's the independent clause. Right. And when this happens, like you'll usually have a comma, right? And you pause at the comma. So you'd say, you could also flip it around. So you could say, Andrew went to the party and there'd be a comma there. And if you were just saying that you would pause, right? Although she was feeling sad. So that's why we say there's a pause at the end of a clause, basically. So Again, a cat has claws at the end of its paws. A complex sentence has a pause at the end of its claws. Yeah, it's a nice play on words. I think <laughs> like once you hear it and you see it written down as well, like it, it makes sense. We'll be sure to write that down in the show notes or if you're listening on the app, you can already see that, but that'll probably help you to understand it and hopefully you'll laugh. I think most <laughs> people are probably rolling their eyes at me, but <laughs> that's probably a good reason for us to jump into the main topic. Sure. Hey there, Real Lifer. Have you downloaded the Real Life English app yet? On the app, Andrea and I will guide you beyond the classroom to live, learn, and even speak English in the real world. So how do we do this? To start with, you can listen to the Real Life English podcast and Beyond Borders talk show, even this very episode, with digital transcripts so that you can follow along and develop your listening fluency. Plus, check dozens of definitions of all the most difficult vocabulary, idioms, phrasal verbs, slang, and so much more that you won't find anywhere else or in any other podcast. And how would you like to develop real-life speaking confidence at the touch of a button by speaking with other learners while making friends across cultures? Sounds like a dream, right? Well, now with the Real Life app, it will be a dream come true. Download the app to listen to our podcast with transcripts and definitions whenever and wherever you want and speak with people from all around the world. What are you waiting for? Join our global community today by clicking the link in the description of this podcast or by going to www.reallifeglobal.com slash app. That's A-P-P. 
or simply search for the Real Life English app in the Google Play or Apple App Store today and let us guide you beyond the classroom to live and learn and speak English in the real world. Ah, yeah. All right. So you talked about Pharrell Williams in the intro, mm. and I'm sure you were referring to the song that made him a superstar, which is called "Happy," right? Yeah, it's one of his most famous songs. I think everyone knows the words, sings along. Mm-hmm. So that's the first <laughs> word that we're talking about today. Which there's probably nothing wrong with saying. I'm happy, right? It's great if you're happy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And just talking about what we mentioned in the intro, there's a scale of being happy though. So it's pretty good to learn the range of vocabulary that you can from when you're just kind of feeling low intensity, you know, kind of happy and then to like super happy. So we're going to share that vocabulary with you today. Great. So where might we start, I guess, on the low intensity of the scale? Yeah, so I think low intensity would be the word glad. You know, it doesn't really say that much. Like it's not like you're super happy about something, but you're quite glad. So maybe, for example, if you solved a problem with someone, you might say, oh, I was glad that we were able to work through that problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great response to when someone says something and it's, I don't know, it doesn't, you don't feel that emotional about it, but you can still kind of show some sympathy by saying, oh, I'm glad. So I don't know if if Andrea says, I bought some new socks today, I could say, oh, I'm glad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe it doesn't actually make me feel that happy, but you know, I'm glad that Andrea is happy about her new socks. Yeah, it's true. It's usually like, it doesn't affect you so much, but you can be happy for the other person as well. You can be glad for them. Exactly. All right. And what, if we want to step it up a notch, what might we say? So you could say that you're delighted about something. So for example, maybe your friend comes and tells you that they're engaged, that they're getting married. So you might say, oh, I'm so delighted. (laughs) It's a bit more exciting than new socks, right? (laughs) Yes, definitely. (laughs) Yeah, I think probably depending too on how good of a friend it is, maybe you would feel something even further down the line, but, or maybe you would even, depending on who you are, maybe you'd feel envious or jealous or something like that, but hopefully you feel delighted about your friend getting married. Yeah, I'd hope so too, but of course everyone is different. Right. I think I kind of mentioned something that's more exciting than getting new socks. So that would be even a little bit more than delighted, right? It could be to say like you're excited about something. So it's like, fills you up with energy. The fact that you hear that your friend's going to get married. Yeah, exactly. Like if it's like one of your best friends or if it's like a family member, you might then be so excited and you can't wait for the wedding. Right. So that's just, you know, even more intense, that feeling of happiness. Exactly. And maybe it's also because you just can't wait for the party. You love like weddings and cake and all that stuff, all that good stuff that comes along with people getting married. Yes, definitely. Hopefully now with (laughs) things easing a little bit, like weddings are starting off again. Exactly. I just went to one last week and it's quite, it was was really great and really beautiful and stuff, but it's definitely a bit of a different experience going to a wedding with COVID. So like people with masks a lot of the time and social distancing a little bit and whatnot. Mm, Yeah, that must've been an experience. Exactly. But I was still excited. I really ate some delicious cake. Yeah. (laughs) We love food. (laughs) All right. And a bit more, maybe 
it's your best friend getting married or or even it's you get proposed to, someone asks you to marry them, then you might feel the next even more happy. So what might you say? You might say that you are absolutely thrilled. Exactly. That's one I feel like I'd use a lot if I'm really happy. I feel like I'm thrilled about my trip that I get to go on a vacation. Yeah, for sure. Holidays, vacations will definitely make you feel thrilled. Maybe as well, if you're going for a new job and then you find out that you got the job, you'd be thrilled. And maybe when you start telling your friends and your family as well, they'll say the same. They'll be like, oh, I'm thrilled. I'm so happy for you, but I'm thrilled. So it just shows how even more excited they are about it as well. Right. And even more so, maybe, for example, if you find out that you're going to have a baby, you might say you're ecstatic, right? I think, obviously, depending on who it is, maybe some people are scared about that, but <laughs> a lot of people will be very ecstatic at that news that they're going to be having a baby, right? Yeah, definitely. And I think this is like, I can't think of another word that can describe this level of happiness more than ecstatic. Like mm. that's literally when you're like running around the living room, waving your hands around, <laughs> dancing to Pharrell Williams happy. <laughs> that's a very good description of it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we can't always feel happy. So maybe you're feeling a bit down and you want to know different ways to describe this, right? To really, really get at it because maybe you're just a little bit sad, but maybe you're full blown sadness, you know, that you're, you have tears running down your face to that point. So how would we say maybe, how would we start at the low end of that? Yeah. So you kind of just mentioned one there. I don't know if you realize you could say that you're feeling down. <laughs> I was trying not to, but yeah. Yeah. So rather than saying I'm feeling sad, you might say I'm feeling down. Or if someone like realizes maybe that you're not really being yourself, that something's up, they they might ask you what's wrong and you could say, oh, I'm feeling a bit down today. Maybe it's because you're tired. Maybe you had mm -hmm. some news that wasn't the best news, but not something that's really going to make you super sad. Yeah. There's a very similar one. I think it's probably quite American because it makes me think of country music, which would be feeling blue. Mm. Would you say this in the UK? Yeah, I think people would say it, but maybe it is a bit more American. Like when you think of the music as well, you think of the blues and those kinds right. of... Yeah. There's a whole genre for that, right? Yeah. And yeah, definitely if you're feeling blue, it's another way to describe it. Because mm -hmm. you kind of associate colors with different emotions as well, don't you? That's true. Yeah. Say like I'm... You're mellow yellow. It's like you're relaxed, mm. right? Yeah. Or you're green with envy. Yeah, green with envy. And obviously red, we associate with anger. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's there's no expression for that, is there? Don't know. Red in the face, maybe? Or is that to do with embarrassment? Maybe. I think red in the face is anger, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we're getting ahead of ourselves, though. We are going to talk about anger. But you could be feeling a bit down or feeling a bit blue. When might you feel those emotions? Maybe if it's really rainy out. A lot of people, I think their their emotions can be very tied to the weather, right? So maybe you might be feeling a little bit down because it's just, it's gray outside, you know, it's an ugly day. You wanted to go out for a run this morning, but it was just, you know, it was pouring down rain and so you couldn't. And so you're feeling a bit down. Yeah. And probably also like maybe you're just having one of those days sometimes where like the little things that happen, but they 
annoy you to the extent where they make you feel down, like just things aren't quite going your way. So maybe like you miss Mm -hmm. the train and then like you don't get your morning coffee before you go into work or something. And it can just kind of set your day off in the wrong tone and it can make you feel a bit blue or feel a bit down. You'd be waking, uh, you'd like wake up on the wrong side of the bed, we might say. (laughs) I think we said that in the in one of the previous episodes of the podcast when we were talking about sleep expressions, right? Yes, we did. So a little bit more than that, maybe, I mean, this could happen also if you, if you miss your train, you're late for work, you didn't have coffee. It's like you're having one of those days where it just feels like the whole world is against you. Maybe you'd be a bit more than even down, right? Yeah. So you might even say that you're upset. Yeah. That's one that I think we use a lot too, because it's not, you're not going to be like crying probably because you're upset, but it's like when I think maybe, I don't know, with kids a lot, kids get upset a lot, right? That maybe their toy broke or they were eating an ice cream and it fell on the ground and so they can't eat it now. Or you could be like upset maybe because your your goldfish died or something. So probably not as full-blown as, as like a, a dog or a cat, but it would certainly make you feel upset. Yeah. And maybe you've had a disagreement with a friend and you kind of, you're still talking, but things don't feel quite the same and you might be a bit upset about it until you're able to resolve the issue. Right. And I think that's something too, you can see a lot on people's faces when it's just like, you know, their, their face is kind of crumpled or something. And so you might say like, Oh, you look upset. Is everything okay? Yeah, definitely. I think depending on the type of person you are as well, sometimes it's hard to hide your emotions as well. You know, like Mm -hmm. sometimes maybe you're feeling more of a negative emotion, but you've got to show up for work or you've got to go to an event or something and you Mm -hmm. don't want people to know kind of maybe what has happened or what you're feeling deep down inside and you have to hide it. And I think some people do that better than others maybe. Yeah, not everyone has a great poker face, right? Oh, yeah. What's a poker face? Poker face is like if you play cards, right? And you need to you need to bluff is the word that we'd use. Um, there's actually a, a great episode of Friends that they're all like learning to play poker. Mm-hmm. So you can learn all these kinds of expressions. But you need to bluff. You need to hide your emotions. You, like, you need to hide your excitement or your disappointment because otherwise other people might know if you have a good or a bad hand. So that's a poker face. is like a very neutral looking face. Mm-hmm. And you could say this outside of poker that maybe if someone, like you were saying, they wear their emotions on their sleeve. Mm. Uh, they, they show their emotions a lot. Then they probably don't have a very good poker face. Yes. Very well explained. So true. Yes. <laughs> Also a Lady Gaga song, right? Yeah, yeah, I love that song. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and moving down the line a little bit, maybe you're more upset than upset. What might you be? Yeah, so you could be disappointed. And even like with disappointment, I think sometimes there are different levels as well because sometimes you might just get disappointed with the way that someone spoke to you, but sometimes it could be even more than that. Like, for example, maybe you didn't get that promotion or that job that you went for. So you'd feel disappointed about that. And this one's like very specific type of sadness because it's when reality doesn't line up with your expectations, right? Mm. So it's that feeling that you have that you really thought you were going to get the job, but you didn't get it. So you're disappointed that you didn't get it because, you know, the reality didn't line up with your expectations. Or you can also say a lot that you're disappointed in someone because their behavior doesn't line up with the esteem that you hold them in with like how, how you tend to think of this person acting. So mm. I don't know if 
maybe someone is late to meet with you and they're always punctual. Maybe you could be a little bit disappointed in that person because they didn't, they weren't very considerate of not making you wait. Yeah, exactly. So there's so many different ones, even within like this word, you can probably use it for a variety of things. And even this word on its own has different intensity. (laughs) Exactly. All right. And finally, if you're, you know, full-blown crying, someone might use the next word, right? Yeah. So unfortunately, I hope you don't feel this very often, but sometimes you might feel miserable. Yeah. You're feeling a bit down in the dumps, maybe. (laughs) That's a good expression. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So we might use that if you're maybe down in the dumps. (laughs) It's a good one because like you just got dumped maybe, Mm. or I don't know, obviously if you're if your pet died or if you're like, things are really going badly for you. Like you got, you got fired from your job or something like that. Right. You might feel miserable. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think those are all good examples. It's something that, you know, really affects you quite a lot, either through your relationships, you know, your personal life, your professional life. There are some things that can make you feel this really high intensity feeling of sadness. All right. Well, Hopefully no one out there is feeling too miserable, but we better move on to the next emotion. Just a quick interruption to ask you a question. Do you ever feel frustrated when you are listening to a podcast, watching a TV series, or you are in a conversation in English and you do not understand what is said? Wouldn't it be great if there was some way to understand real English without getting lost and without getting bored? Well, now there is. With our Real Life Native Immersion course, we will take you on a 41-week real-life adventure of the English language, each week exploring a different topic connected to our goal to help you understand and use your English in the real world. Just imagine understanding your favorite TV series without subtitles, or confidently speaking with someone and comprehending everything they say. You can do it, and we're here to help. And the best part is, you can try it for free with our three-part power learning series. Just go to reallifeglobal.com slash pod to sign up. That's P-O-D. Or simply click the link in the description of this episode. So we hinted already we're going to talk about anger, right? So like if you could say like, I feel angry, but there's a lot of different feelings within that emotion, right? Yeah. So a low intensity feeling of anger would be when you're feeling annoyed. So maybe someone in your class or at work has been annoying you with the way that they're talking to you. Like for example, maybe if I was teaching and there were some students being a bit cheeky and talking while I was, or they weren't listening to me or something, it might get me a bit annoyed. You could say I wouldn't really get angry, but just annoyed. What does it mean if your students are acting cheeky? Oh, (laughs) so they're not really behaving in the way that you would expect to. They're kind of maybe pushing the limits or pushing the boundaries a little bit and being a little bit naughty. Right. I think that's a really British expression. Yeah, I think so too. We love cheeky. (laughs) We use it like for so many things. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Yeah. It sounds like very stereotypical British, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And I think the the next one's quite similar to annoyed, but it's like you're really annoyed at this point, right? Yeah. So 
when it kind of grates on you, so when it's happening repeatedly, you might get irritated. Right. So maybe if this student, the same student, they stop just acting cheeky and they they shoot a spitball at the back of your head. <laughs> oh, whoa. <laughs> That's not happening in my classroom, but... <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Have That's you, like Bart Simpson, right? Yeah. Have you seen that in your high school? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think anyone, I mean, but I suppose maybe, maybe depending, maybe if you were in like, um, a seedy or neighborhood, like a school that's maybe in not the best neighborhood or something like that. And you have more people, maybe they're coming from complicated families. You could have more people that act out in that way against authority figures, like a teacher. Mm. Uh, but yeah, luckily I don't think that that ha- happened ever at my school. Yeah. I don't remember something that bad either. <laughs> you might you might be more than irritated, I guess, because that's pretty disgusting. Yeah. But a student as well might even say that another student is irritating them. Like that would happen a lot mm-hmm. to me in the classroom. <laughs> like if like someone's trying to work and then the other keeps talking to them or asking them questions, they'd be like, oh, they're irritating me. Can you tell them to stop? <laughs> in that sense, it sounds uh, with kids, they might use bugging a lot, mm. like I feel like that's something like me and my brother would probably say a lot to each other when we were little. It'd be like, he won't stop bugging me, you know, and like my mom's like driving the car and she's getting (laughs) irritated because, you know, (laughs) two kids acting up in the back seat. That's so true. (laughs) All right. And the next one I think sounds very American. So maybe you'd use it a bit differently in the UK. Yeah. So how would you use this one? So this one's mad, which I would use this pretty synonymously with angry. Like say that mm. you're making me feel really angry or making me feel really mad, more or less mean the same thing. But in British English, I might think of it more like Alice in Wonderland, the Mad Hatter. Okay. Um, would you say that you say that you're mad more than you say that you're angry? Probably. It sounds more, a bit more colloquial to say like, mm. well, you did really make me mad. Yeah. I think, I do think maybe it is a bit more American, but we could also say like, oh, that made me so mad or, you know, mm-hmm. you you might even use mad as in crazy as well sometimes, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, that's what I was thinking for like the British meeting. We don't use that so much in the US. Mad is crazy. It's like for us, it means more angry. Mm. Uh, but yeah, we tend to know that use of it. Yeah, because I guess like we might even say, you've probably seen it in Harry Potter. We probably say, are you mad? Like, are you crazy? <laughs> are you crazy? <laughs> yeah, it might be like nuts. Are you nuts? Are you bananas? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I would use that one so much, but you could hear that. And this is different, I think, from annoyed or irritated because like at that point, it's something that really, it really sets off that emotion of anger, right? Of Mm. It's almost like a, like you feel like you start to like heat up, like your face goes red, your blood is like pumping faster. So that very, very, um, it's a more physical response to something. Definitely. This is a much stronger emotion than annoyed and irritated. Like it's almost at the top of like the intensity scale. Mm -hmm. So what's at the top, Andrea? So at the top of our scale today is furious. Ooh. So if you're feeling furious, it makes me think like you might turn completely red and your hair would be like, you know, light on fire and... (laughs) You would explode maybe literally if you were in a cartoon. Yeah, like I imagine steam coming out of your ears as well. Yeah, (laughs) and just that rage, that fury and that anger coming out. Yeah, like you don't know what to do. And those are good words as well. You said fury, rage. Yeah, those are are some good words as well to to describe anger. Well, you said fury, so that's like the 
noun form, right? Mm -hmm. Furious would be the adjective. And then you said rage, which you could say like you're enraged, right? Would also be a similar word to furious. Exactly. Yeah. Like you're ravenous. Like, well, I guess you'd say that a bit differently, but that makes me think, I think in Spanish, you'd say like rabioso, right? Is like super angry. Oh, I haven't heard that one. Oh, you haven't? Which is like, you have rabies. It's like something like that, right? (laughs) Yeah. Since people tend to get like really, uh, People who have rabies, they get like irritable, right? And Mm. well, even more so than that, they get furious. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. There's a Shakira song too. That's got that name. (laughs) I have to look it up. (laughs) There you go. All right. So moving on from anger, one that I think the last one that we're going to talk about today fits very well with learning English, with learning another language, right? Definitely. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about when you feel shy, because again, like you might feel shy for different reasons and there are different levels of shyness. Totally. So what would be maybe a lower end shyness? So maybe you're feeling a bit uncomfortable. So maybe you're in a situation that you haven't been in before. Maybe you're in a new classroom environment. Maybe you have to go to a party where you don't know many people. And if you're quite shy, it can make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Another word I feel like we'd use a lot in this situation might be awkward. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. That's how I definitely feel if I go to a party and I don't know anyone and I'm like being an introvert and everything. It's just kind of like don't really want to be there because you feel really uncomfortable or you feel really awkward, out of place, right? Yeah, because you don't really know what to do with yourself because you're like, oh, who should, shall I try and talk to someone? Shall I go to this other room and see what's happening there? <laughs> or like, yeah, that can be really awkward. It's super awkward. And maybe you're at this party and I don't know, you accidentally you're trying to like shirk away. You're trying to hide yourself at this party and you accidentally like knock over something and break it. What might you feel? (laughs) Oh no. So if that happens, then you might feel embarrassed. You might feel embarrassed. Probably just depending how, depending how expensive of whatever it was that you broke, right? Yeah. And yeah, so maybe you break something and then you're really apologetic and you feel bad and you get embarrassed, your cheeks turn red and you probably just want to hide away like behind the curtain or like (laughs) try and make a swift exit. (laughs) What does that mean? Make a swift exit? Just to leave as quickly as possible. (laughs) Exactly. (sighs) And I think this is a really great one. It's probably the one people would use too for language learning, right? In general, you feel embarrassed because like you made a mistake or you said something funny and, you know, maybe maybe people laugh a little bit. And so you feel very embarrassed and you just want to like shut your mouth. But despite that, if you feel that you should not let it get you down, you should just try to learn from your mistake. Definitely. Exactly. So, and I think what you said too, is like, you can associate this a lot with your cheeks turning red, right? With blushing. Yeah. Blushing. I love that word. (laughs) (laughs) You just think of the emoji as well, like blushing. (laughs) Cute. (laughs) So cute. All right. Maybe you're a bit more than embarrassed. What you might you feel? Yeah. So I feel like sometimes, especially language learners like confuse these two sometimes like maybe they want to say that they were feeling embarrassed but they say that they were feeling ashamed right which you'd have to make a pretty big mistake with your english to actually feel ashamed like you'd have to offend someone right exactly yeah like because i think shame is quite a strong emotion and you should never feel ashamed about like the language that you're speaking or if you make a mistake in that language right 
Yeah. Maybe if you did something very offensive at the party that you were at, then you wouldn't just feel embarrassed. You'd feel ashamed. You'd feel like, you know, like you've lost your honor in some sense. Yeah, exactly. Maybe you were rude to someone or you made it like a really huge mistake. Like you said, that offended someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or you even insulted someone without maybe meaning to or without meaning to. Mm. Then that's definitely, that can be a good reason to actually feel ashamed. You could say like shame on you for being so mean to this person. Exactly. Or something that a mother might say as well as you should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, something parents say to their children. (laughs) Exactly. Or a teacher to the students if they're quite young. (laughs) Right, yeah. Again, if they shoot a spitball at you, you might say you should be ashamed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's a good use case as well, because like you wouldn't say you should feel embarrassed or you should you should be embarrassed or something. Be like a very specific use case with ashamed, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. And last but not least. So super, super shyness, you would say that you are mortified. Mortified. Yeah. Maybe like you're at the party and you had a little bit too much to drink and you started like you got up on the table in front of everyone and started singing and stuff. You might feel the next morning when you wake up and you remember that you did that, you'd be like, oh my God, I'm mortified. I can't believe I did that. Yeah. It's like super embarrassed. (laughs) Like, you know, oh, I, Like, I don't know if I've ever been mortified in a situation, but I can imagine again, you'd just want the ground to swallow you up or make a swift exit. (laughs) Like, yeah, you just want to disappear, cease to exist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So hopefully most people listening don't have to use that one too much, Mm. but it is a good one to understand if someone tells you they feel mortified or if you feel mortified, I guess if you feel really, really super embarrassed about something you do, it can be a good one to know. Yeah, you might even be mortified by something that you've seen. So maybe you haven't done it yourself. Like, But for example, maybe you've gone, I don't know why this example came up, but sometimes it happens in the football um, when you get a streaker or something running across the pitch and (laughs) you might be mortified by seeing that, you know? (laughs) Yeah, or you might say like, I would be mortified. I don't know how that person can do that, right? Like if you were in their position... You would feel that intense, intense embarrassment. Definitely. What is a streaker in case people don't know that term? Yeah. So a streaker is someone that removes all their clothes and runs like down the street (laughs) or in a public place. (laughs) Or you could say to go streaking is like when you go running naked somewhere where people, I mean, in the States, at least this is illegal. Mm. So it's like maybe college students might do this or something. It could be like a way of protesting or just acting crazy. Yeah. Someone might dare you as well to do it. Like I can imagine with hen and stag parties, like bachelor parties or bachelorette, um, before you get married, that party you have with your friends and someone daring you to do it or get down to your underwear or something and walk down the street, like something that's going to make you feel really embarrassed or even mortified. Right. Or you my, I feel like this happens too with like kids playing truth or dare. Mm. Well, not kids so much, but maybe like adolescents, teenagers playing truth or dare, college students maybe. Yeah, <laughs> that would definitely make you feel mortified if you got dared to go streaking. Yeah, I would be like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> no way in hell. No. All right. So hopefully this podcast has been really helpful for you to get a little bit more 
specific ways to refer to certain emotions and certain levels of emotion other than saying simple words like happy, sad, angry, or shy. Obviously, there are many more emotions than just these four and just the ones we've covered today. So Andrea recently made a lesson all about this, right? Yeah. So on the Real Life English channel, we made a lesson all about how to talk about your emotions and your feelings in English. And we covered more emotions than just these four, like you mentioned. So you can continue learning about this topic by watching that lesson if you haven't already. Right. And we'll link that in the show notes, which you'll find linked in the description of this podcast, or just by going over to reallifeglobal.com. And as we mentioned at the start of this podcast, don't forget that we have a one-two over on Instagram that is going to help you to learn expressions that are related to emotions because those can be very useful sometimes to use if you're wanting to really emphasize how happy you are or how angry you are, etc. So you won't want to miss that. And we will see you next week on the Real Life English Podcast. One, two, three. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey again, I hope you enjoyed today's lesson. Don't be a stranger. You can find all the notes like vocabulary, links, and more for this lesson on our blog at reallifeglobal.com. And connect with us and on Instagram at reallife.english for even more fun English recommendations. Do you want to continue your learning and get confident, fluent English? Then I have a couple great recommendations for you. First of all, check out our YouTube channel, Learn English with TV Series, where you can have fun learning to understand fast-speaking natives with your favorite movies, series, and more without getting lost, without missing the jokes, and without subtitles. Second, if you like our podcast, then our real-life native immersion course is perfect for you. It is the next best thing to studying abroad in an English-speaking country. Try it for free with our three-part power learning series. Just go to reallifeglobal.com slash pod to sign up. Finally, if you are enjoying our podcast, then please assist us in helping more people go beyond the classroom and live their English. You can do this by sending a link to this podcast to a friend or by leaving us a five-star review wherever you are listening. We might even shout you out on the podcast. Stay healthy and safe, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Aw, yeah.